0: The SportsZilla Show starts now.
1: It's the scarf
0: of Jericho.
2: Try it on, man! I wore a giant scarf today, even though it's not nearly cold enough for a scarf yet, to troll Matt.
0: So now we're going to be scared of someone wearing a scarf. Loser,
2: loser?
0: It, it. it was a stupid idea from Bad Creative. A little bit of the bubbly. In the sun. A little bit of the bubbly. All night long. A little bit of the bubbly. Here I am.
1: Bears. It's bubbly. It's the SportsZilla Show on ESPN Radio 97.7 and 100.1. Here. Rain and Scoop.
2: Who wears a scarf in November? Me.
1: Me. I did it. I wonder if a black cat has ever run out onto a WWE match. I don't know. Under the, you know, they're wrestling there, run through the
2: crowd and freaked everybody out. It's not an uncommon thing, actually, for animals to (laughs) run onto the field during sporting (laughs) events, but it sure entertained America last night while the majority of America was on my side on this rooting for the Dallas Cowboys to lose. It didn't turn out that way.
1: I was rooting for the cat. What are you talking about? I wanted the cat to keep running around out there. I wanted that to go on as long as possible. I thought that was amazing.
2: The black cat jinxed the Giants. I'm just going with that, and I have some information that, to back this up. That's more
1: entertainment than football has been able to provide for years.
2: It was good. I don't. I don't know if we should have prepared something musically to rejoin for the entire day, since it's the day after Monday Night Football and Cats the black scratch fever and the black. You know it's coming. <laughs> Come on.
1: See, I didn't even know you had that ready.
2: There's more. Hang on. didn't Janet Jackson perform in Syracuse this past year? I swear I think she did. I I might be wrong. No clue. I don't stay up on her career probably as much as maybe I used to. I don't know that I ever really did. But it's all about that black cat. So if you take Joe Tessitore, the Monday Night Football play-by-play voice, and then you juxtapose that against Kevin Harlan, who also calls the games on the radio, who is, in my opinion, a national treasure. I thought that a couple of years ago when he did the play-by-play of a drunk guy running on the field, but he just cemented his status as one of the greatest broadcasters on the planet, in my humble opinion, Scoop. I don't know if you agree. (laughs)
1: That poor kitty cat. You know, when he did the close-up on the cat's face, there was just such terror in that cat's eyes. And you could tell everybody cheering it and running at it. The cat's like, what do I do? What do I do?
2: I'm not exaggerating when I say this. Within 10 minutes of the cat making an appearance on the field at MetLife Stadium during that game. It had a Twitter account. It had multiple Twitter accounts. There's not just one. They're everywhere. There's so many black cat Twitter accounts now. Parodies of that. I was actually conversating with one of them. If you go in my Twitter timeline last night. It's, it's It's not a joke. It's it's hilarious. Well, it is a joke. It's hilarious. I I mean, I don't even know. It's the best thing ever. It's the best thing ever. It was better than the game. Well, I was at the bar,
1: shock, watching, and it spawned this whole conversation about when this has happened before, and I actually couldn't remember a cat running on the field. (laughs) But it has happened. But I was like, oh, I'm sure it has happened. But lots of squirrels. It always seems to be... Squirrels. So I fell into a YouTube wormhole for a while and I started investigating the different animals that have run onto the field. There have been bunny
2: rabbits. You told
1: me about this. Well, and- we can get into this more, I guess. No,
2: but- I've been looking forward to hearing this. I have to share with you why Kevin Harlan is a national treasure. I derailed you. I'm but sorry. No, I'm, I'm going to bury the lead for a second and I'm going to let you because now I'm down this, this, this wormhole with you and I need to know more. Well, Kevin Harlan's audio is just fantastic. Do you, First, I mean, I got to give him props. Do you want to hear the Kevin Harlan audio that made him a national treasure? Cause I also have last night's Kevin Harlan audio that cements him as a national treasure.
3: Well, or I think you, we have to do the before to give it context. Okay. And then do last night's.
2: Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. go ahead and then we have to get into these different animals that you have researched running on sporting events than the fields we were events. watching
3: it and we didn't have the sound
2: up so i don't know how it sounded on tv but this radio call and kevin harlan let me take great. let me take you back i believe it was 2016 when this happened a drunk guy runs on the field and this is what made kevin harlan national as far as broadcasters everybody that follows sports knows this guy now Oh. he never made it to the promised land, never crossed the actual goal. I never scored that touchdown, but I'm telling you what, but the black cat did the black cat did and it's, it's just fantastic. So the game is going on when the cat got on the field and he went and Matt and I were talking about this glue guy, back me up on this. He goes basically he's seamless in covering the action on the field to transitioning to covering what the cat is doing and back and forth. See, now I don't think a lot
1: of people heard all this. because They've been sharing online different clips of this, but it's mostly the cat. And you don't get to hear that seamless transition that he does from actually calling a football game to it being taken over by this cat. Running on the
3: field. You I know, love- most guys can't call the game to begin with. Yeah. And this guy is covering two things at the same time.
2: I mean, he's just brilliant. I, I love the fact that it distracts from the fact that the Giants lost and the simple fact that this is the highlight of the game for many people.
1: Giants were winning until this happened. There's some people that are saying that this was an omen.
2: So let me... cause them to lose. Let me share this piece of brilliance last night, and then I will give you a few stats. I'll be stat boy, and I will let you know some of the reasons why they lost due to the black cat. But here's Kevin Harlan.
0: Hey, somebody has run out on the
2: field. Some goofball in a hat. Hang hey, on. I hit my wrong piece <laughs> of audio. The cat has a hat? My, my bad. <laughs> the cat in the hat. Human Air, let me give you the proper piece of audio now.
0: A black cat is taken the field. A black cat is running from the 20 to the near side the 10 from the 39 in Dallas. Here's a short throw down the middle, caught by Ingram. Part at the 35. Went to the 30. Now the cat running the other way. And so is Ingram at the 30 to the 25 near the 24-yard line of the Dallas Cowboys. It's a catch and run of 15. Now the cat is stopped at the 50. So is it bad luck for the Giants? Is it bad luck know. for the Cowboys? I don't know, but they've stopped playing. The players with hands on hips are watching the cat run and zigzag all over the field. The black cat is at the other end of the field. (laughs) now he is sitting and looking now he's at the five he's walking to the three (laughs) he's at the two and the cat is in the cdw red zone cdw people who get it now state troopers come on the field and the cat runs into the end zone that is a touchdown And the cat is elusive, kind of like Barkley and Elliott. But he didn't know where to go. Look, at they're trying to corner him, and they got him in the end zone. There are state troopers all around this cat, which now climbs up into the stands, and the fans are running for their life. Now it goes back on the field again, and it's running in the back of the end zone, and it runs up the tunnel. That
1: cat was better at running away from the state troopers than Baker Mayfield was. Let's just say
3: that right now. (laughs) That's a fair fair statement. (laughs) And can we say also that Kevin Harlan actually does a sponsor read? Yeah, he, the worked,
2: cat? he works a sponsor in, in the middle of that. That was fantastic. I mean, he's just, he's a national treasure at this point. NFL Research verified account on Twitter posted last night. Before Monday Night Football was suspended due to the presence of a black cat on the field, the Giants were winning 9-3 to and Dak Prescott had 84 yards, no touchdowns, and an interception. After the black cat exited and play resumed, Dallas outscored New York 34-9 to and Prescott had 173 yards, three touchdowns, and zero interceptions. There's a little something to this black cat thing.
3: So right? who on the Dallas Cowboys do you think brought in a cat? Would it be a Tony Romo? A Jerry Jones? A Tony maybe Romo. Troy
2: Aikman? It would have been Tony Romo. I mean, he's... No, it would have That's been... Like, it's probably just some New Jersey street cat. It just snuck in the door of a giant stadium and and then somehow meandered its way. Nobody stopped this. Nobody saw this cat making its way through the hallways underneath the stands and all of that to get down to field level to then get onto the field. Nobody saw this cat thought anything about it at all. And then there it is. And it waited like it waited. It stood and waited till a crucial time in the game. It wasn't running around before the game. It knew it just knew. (laughs) <laughs> it jinxed them. It, I got crickets for like a second and a half uh, w- when I said that, and I got nothing from you guys to back me up on this. Uh, I got nothing. There's there's nothing to do with Did
3: someone throw it in, you know, with someone in the stands and just chuck the cat in there? Who smuggles a cat into a game? The security's it, garbage. It's if that's a New case.
1: Jersey swamp cat. No, it was not. That cat was a...
3: That was a fat cat.
2: Yeah, it was like because the a... cat's been eating uh, leftover pretzels and hot dogs and stuff at the stadium. Yeah, that cat wasn't wasting away. That cat had some meat on its bones.
1: Now, it's... I, I actually, we didn't even have the sound on last night at the bar watching it, and we were howling. Oh, it's we were laughing, but I sat there and go, I can't remember a cat on the field. Lots of squirrels, so I I start looking for stuff on YouTube, and I actually found. There was a Raiders-Eagles game some years ago where a pigeon had landed on the field and the Raiders are kicking off to the Eagles and the pigeon takes off and flies down the field with the, the Raiders as they're they're doing the kickoff coverage. After they kick, the, the pigeon takes off and flies down with this line of players running down the field to tackle the guy who's going to catch the ball.
2: Did you happen to come across when Randy Johnson blasted the bird with, like, 98-mile-an-hour fastball? Or when Dave Winfield hit the seagull in Toronto in the old Exhibition Stadium? I'm sure those are a couple well, of those Well,
1: in, in this video wormhole, that was mentioned, certainly. And everybody's, I think, seen the Randy Johnson thing. I guess that was a
2: dove. The, but they're not running around on the field like you have in front of you, which is spectacular. I
1: actually found one from a couple of years ago, the Indians, Cleveland Indians. They're in Cleveland and they're playing the Kansas city Royals. It's the bottom of the ninth. All right. And I think Coco Crisp in center field or somebody for the, for Kansas city at the time. And there's all these seagulls. There's gotta be 12 of them just camped out in between the second baseman and the center fielder. Well, It's the bottom of the ninth. There's a there's a guy on second. They're tra- it's a tie game. The guy at the plate hits a base hit. The birds, the seagulls freak out. They take flight. The ball hits one of the seagulls. Like this 12 seagulls are all going up in the air. The ball hits one of the seagulls, changes the direction of the ball. The center fielder can't feel it. The run comes in and scores. There's a celebration at home plate. And the guy, the, the Royals are there like, wait, it, it just hit the bird.
2: You can't, you can't run replay on it. It's win. You can't run replay on it because it was a while ago. What do you do? It's an act of God, right? Isn't that what you call that? It's just who would ever think that was going to happen? Baseball interference. Baseball interference. It's something, man. I found one
1: where there was a duck at <laughs> Wrigley Field Quack. between the Cardinals and Cubs. Was it the Affleck? Guy? It was kind of camping out. Well, they were making a lot of Affleck jokes, the announcers. Okay. It was kind of camping out along the first base line. kind of came over to the Cardinals' dugout, and they started feeding it sunflower seeds. The players are just feeding it sunflower seeds. There's another one where it was, I believe, the Cardinals and Phillies in Philadelphia, and this squirrel runs up the mesh... Behind home plate. Yeah. And, you know, he's, he's scaling. He's, I'm actually acting this out, and you can't see me do this. This is radio, maybe, you know. Maybe he's, soon enough. He's scaling the the mesh behind home plate, and he gets to one of those support cables up top, and he starts running along it. You know, like you'd see him running along a power line, like I see in my neighborhood all the time. He's running along that cable, and he falls into the Phillies' dugout. Oh falls like right on a player and these guys scatter like oh my god you know then he runs into a camber booth and like everybody's freaking out dude everybody, the 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 crowd at the game is no longer watching the baseball game they're ooing and awing at this squirrel and when he falls off the cable everybody goes oh there's this huge audible gasp from thousands of baseball
2: fans everybody was hyper focused on the squirrel also, your squirrel face when you were acting that out. Just, I know nobody that's <laughs> listening could see that. It was fantastic. And then the uh, little, your squirrel scamper along the uh, netting was fantastic too. Unbelievable. Do you have more of those, by the way? I, we've got to take a break. I'm just wondering. I'll give
1: you, I'll give you one more that really s- stuck with me. I don't know where it was. It was just some random footage, but a buck, a deer ran onto a football field. I don't know if it was high school or college runs out onto this football field, big rack, a deer, I'm talking about. I'm right. focused. About, I'm focused. And it just stands there very proudly on the field. And here I am acting it out again. You he know, is, like, too. It stands there, and, and one of the coaches' assistants for one of the teams starts trying to chase it off the field, and it's bouncing around, making the guy look like an idiot. And then <sighs> they eventually shoo it off the field. That's a little unusual.
2: Stuff like this needs to happen more often. I think we need to get a different animal on the field every week for Monday Night Football. It would probably improve the broadcast overall. Especially
3: against those Giants. What? Especially especially against the Giants. (laughs) Get out of here.
2: Turn your own mic off. (laughs) It's the glue guy. I'm Rain. Scoop's in here. The Zilla Show on ESPN Radio 97.7 and 100.1. There's actually quite a bit to talk about in the NFL, and we are going to do that next.
0: It's the Zilla
1: Show on ESPN Radio 97.7 and 100.1. Here's Rain and Scoop. Tomorrow, all your favorite shows will be live from Shaughnessy's in the Marriott, Syracuse downtown, starting at 11 a.m. with Centers of Attention come out and meet your favorite radio hosts leading up to the SU Virginia
2: game. Nice. We're not going to be there though. I think uh because we're not the favorites. I know yeah, no. No, we're the favorites. You're my favorite. You're my favorite. We're going to try to get to <laughs> we're going to try to get out some stuff like that. It's just not working out for well They know if
1: they turned me loose in Shaughnessy's, it would be a hot mess. Yeah. I'm not responsible. I can't be trusted. Look, I'll just come clean and say that right now, that
2: that's the problem. It's your fault. It's my fault. It's your fault. Listen, man. That and Brent Axe doesn't want me around. There's a lot of... I don't know if that's necessarily the case. We'll, We'll ask him next time we see him. There's a lot of NFL to be discussed. And one of the things that jumped out to me is these rumors because they've 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 had rumors for a long time about a team moving to London and the Chargers are saying Eh-eh, it's not going to happen nip that in the bud with some very colorful language but it's it's gotten traction so now of course they're having to actually address this with the media and Dean Spanos said the reports of the Chargers potentially moving to London is total bleeping bull bleep Exact quote. There's talk about the Jaguars, Yeah, and the NFL
1: would love to expand there. It seems odd to me, though. I don't know
2: how. I mean, how would a team deal with all that travel? It, it Every team it would affect. I mean, obviously, there's yeah, yeah. all these different games in London, but to have a team centered there. But they still have to travel eight times a year. They're only playing eight games there. Maybe
1: we could try Canada first or someplace a little closer. I don't know.
2: NFL.
3: Geography. So, would they play the first eight games at home and then play the final eight in America? What a weird. But that's you know what I mean. But then that's not fair
2: to every other team because they're the only team. Doing, well, yeah, it's where not do they fair, practice? It's not fair in either direction with that. Yeah, you, you can't ever really get settled in and get that routine of the season, the normal routine of the season.
1: Well, the Arena Football League just collapsed, failed, went under. Um Including that. the Albany Empire, who won a championship but not too long ago, but what they haven't actually, you know, uh, sounded the death knell of the the league yet because one of the things they're discussing is is having teams that practice in a centralized location and then are flown or bussed out to their respective cities. So they're going to rework for, their business model for basically. game day. So that. Possibly could be something that a London team would do. Maybe they're centered in New York for a month, or L.A. for a month, or Dallas for a month, and then maybe London for a month, wherever they figure they
2: can make it work with the schedule. There seems to be an audience for it. Albany did pretty well attendance-wise, considering what it is, and it's it's a substantially sized arena, I mean, it's 18,000 people.
1: Well, Albany did really well, uh, but I guess a a number of the teams like uh, Columbus was mentioned didn't have great attendance, and so they just have to figure that out. Last I heard, they were still trying to work a way where the league could continue, but they've ceased operations in all the towns where they they existed, including Albany.
3: So might the XFL jump in on the opportunity, considering they'll be playing, uh, what, February? So maybe they use them as a practice facility as well? Maybe something. I mean, you never know. you got to see how it plays out. There's all sorts of
2: possibilities. There is an appetite for football. So, I mean, somehow, some way, I think it'll be back at some point. Maybe not necessarily Well, is there an soon. appetite
3: for football, or is there an appetite for NFL football? Big difference.
2: Well, I think that there's an appetite for other types of football now. i got to be honest. I think football on the scholastic level
1: is better. I think if you go see Proctor... Cicero-North Syracuse this weekend, you're going to see a better quality game, especially when you see those upper echelon teams. Like, I listened to the Maslin-McKinley game online over the weekend, and those teams don't jump off sides. They don't do a lot of the dumb stuff that you see NFL players do. There's not, uh, hey, you can't wear those cleats. There's not that kind of stuff going on either.
2: It's just straight focus on football. Yeah, it's more pure to me. Well, yeah, in a sense, yeah, you're absolutely right. There's not those cameras and the the social media attention necessarily. But but I wonder if the product isn't quite the same because it brings us to another thing happening in the NFL. Troy Aikman put out a tweet where he said, our league is allowed to address this offseason as consumer confidence continues to wane. Perhaps football fans might be looking in other little pockets to be entertained by the game. Co- I, I see. I think the NFL is going to be dead in 25 years. You're going to see a lot of kids or near
1: death, because I think kids don't want to play the game anymore. Their parents don't want them to play the game anymore. You know, you get hit pretty hard in football and that soccer, hurts.
2: soccer is a little safer and growing in popularity.
1: You get hit pretty hard in that, too. But I mean, it's the chances of just debilitating injuries oh, are much safer to are are play
2: soccer. That's exactly right. So much lower. Troy called the the penalties, just referencing last night's game petty. There was the flag thrown by Shermer, uh, the instant replay, of course, with the pass interference call. That was blatantly pass interference. But, of course, what's the point of reviewing those? Because they don't overturn those. Uh, So why do you
3: keep throwing the flag if you already know they're not going to?
2: No, I get it. And people were calling Shermer out on that, saying, what's the point of throwing the flag? To embarrass the officials. Yeah, that's really what it was. It was... Cause he, he had to know that it wasn't going to change anything. They did lose the timeout, but then on top of that, you got the 10 penalties for 104 for the Cowboys. Giants, eight penalties for 71 yards. A lot of them, yeah, were petty according to Troy Aikman. And he's, he's looking, I mean, it's, it's a typical dust up, a little pushing and shoving. No blows were thrown. It didn't get out of hand. You know, I mean, it could have gotten out of hand. There were some ticky tack things happening. But for the most part, that ultimately didn't happen. It didn't get to the point where you had to go, whoa, and throw guys out of the game. But it's people are not interested in this. The penalties, it's it's been a problem. It's been a problem. And you you get bored watching the game. You get sick of watching the game. Every other play, there's a penalty, and it stops. There's no flow to the game. There's no momentum within the game. It's just its not fun to watch anymore.
1: I agree with you, and I like football on the – Scholastic level better, college football better. The NFL has just gotten ridiculous with the officiating. We don't know what a catch is, you know. And I think fans are getting tired of it. Uh, the uh, meaning the officiating. I mean, obviously the ratings are still huge, but where are they going to get players from? You know, they need a G League like basketball has. They need an AHL like the NHL has. Yeah. I just don't get what they're doing in a lot of ways, and I I really think they're gonna be in trouble because they have a lack of foresightedness. I think they're gonna be in trouble in twenty, twenty-five years.
2: They sure are. And, and I mean the injuries, here's another I mean, per-
1: how terrible was that Super
2: Bowl this year. Yeah, it wasn't the best. It was
1: awful. It was. The entertainment at halftime was awful. Now Matt here, the Patriots fan, he loves it because they won, but that was a boring game. That was boring. And how often is the biggest game of the year? boring usually the conference championships are a better game admit it
3: they it is own it it is it was was a bad game
1: but you know what if you're a patriots fan you'll take winning a boring game over losing a boring game
3: you'll take you'll take the ring
1: i guess okay Bills fans right now are saying they'll take winning ugly over losing ugly
2: don't i don't blame them i'm a giants fan and i would gladly take some ugly wins i don't care how they would have won it last night if if the black cat affected things and it jinxed the Cowboys, I would have been fine with that. And then I would have been like, oh, you stupid Cowboys fans blaming the cat. It had nothing to do with the cat. But because the Giants lost, I'll use that excuse. On the injury front, though, a part of the problem as far as getting players, Cam Newton. He's having issues with his foot. He's going to go see specialists. He's out for the regular season. He's on injured reserve now. That's officially
3: I don't know why they waited until November to do this, though.
2: Yeah, I know. There's even a lawsuit scoop. You would mention this to me earlier. The Saints are suing over that garbage call from what was it last year? Yeah. There's a lawsuit on that now. That if it's gone to that point, the
1: Lions fans are putting up billboards around the Detroit area to protest the awful officiating in their games. I mean, it's not one team; it's all the teams have this problem. And we've asked for full-time referees forever and ever and ever. This billion-dollar corporation, which has benefited from numerous corporate welfare tax breaks, can't be bothered to do full-time referees because they're too busy counting their money. They don't care about us, especially
2: they don't care about the fans in the stands anymore. All they care about is people watching TV. Well, on that note, if you want to bring the fans back, I'll give you a perfect example with the Buffalo Bills. Next game, get a Buffalo on the field to run around for half of it. Everybody's <laughs> going to pay attention. Every team do something accordingly. And, and there you have it, because that'll give us something to talk about that's probably better than the product on the field. The SportsZilla Show on ESPN Radio, 97.7 and 100.1.
3: Before you go to break, we got to play the, the trailer for the football life.
2: Oh, okay. We'll do this in the break. I've got it for you right here, right now. Thank you very much. And the cat of football life. He's my least favorite to play against in the league. Winning the Heisman by a unanimous vote, the Cat had huge expectations going into the league. And boy, did he deliver. The Cat
0: runs into the end zone!
2: Yeah, uh, he's like... Really good at football. The feline would dominate the NFL combine, posting a record breaking 2.8 second, 40 yard dash. And I almost threw my hot dog at the spring. Being such a natural talent, some scouts worried about his work ethic. Like somebody almost questioned his competitiveness, which was an absolute joke. But the cat only used those doubts as motivation. I got a chance to work out
0: with him. I thought that I was in shape and I was going to be able to hang with him. I ended up throwing up in a workout. <laughs>
2: He'll go down as one of the greatest players this sport has ever seen. I had as much fun coaching him as anybody I've ever coached.
1: The cat of football life.
2: We'll be right back.
1: It's the SportsZilla Show on ESPN Radio 97.7 and 100.1. Here's Rain and Scoop. So
2: you're going to have a special watch party right here with ESPN Syracuse. For the Syracuse basketball game, the opener is against Virginia, obviously, tomorrow. Lawrence Moten, Eric Divendorf, and Roosevelt. Bowie are going to join Seth, Seth Goldberg, in our studios. And they're going to react to the live action during the game. You can watch this all at twitch.tv slash Talk. It starts at 845 when we take on the defending national champions. We're not the same team, and we are not the same team. And I'm looking forward to this basketball game scoop.
1: Yeah, I'm going to go out and watch the game, <laughs> have a couple of Buried Acorn
2: Hot Whip American IPAs. So if there's a big game, we'll assume you're having a beverage. That's what that was. Yeah. That's that I mentioned. Set, yeah, a beverage. Set that up, right? Frothy beverage. A frothy beverage. Frothy, delicious, golden beverage. Some spirits. All right, I'm looking forward to that basketball game. But I'm also looking forward to this crunch game coming up. They're going to do something awesome. They did pink the rink. Uh, They're participating in Movember. That started back on the 1st. But they're going to host Hockey Nights Fight Cancer. Uh, That's benefiting Upstate Cancer Center. It's on November the 16th when they play the Cleveland Monsters at 7 o'clock. We will have Jim Cerosi, CEO of The Crunch, on with us on Friday to discuss that a little bit more. We'll also break down, obviously, what's been happening on the ice. They had a successful weekend. We talked about it yesterday. They won two out of three. They've turned that corner. They had some struggles and ups and downs. There's been a lot of roster fluctuation, but I think they're on the right path now. One of the better teams in the AHL for sure.
1: That's kind of the AHL as it is, though. There's a lot of roster fluctuation. And even at the NHL level, teams
2: are trying to find their chemistry early in the year. Yeah, you're the feeder system. You're here to develop players. Sometimes you forget about that as fans. You want wins, 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 wins. But if the parent club, if Tampa Bay needs somebody, it doesn't matter what the Syracuse Crunch need or whatever your team in the AHL is, you're going up. Your players are going up. That's what they're there for. They, they get paid money to play professional hockey and to be ready, and they all want that opportunity. Every single one on the roster would take a chance to be in the NHL over the AHL, as great as it is and is, Scoop says it all the time, second best hockey league in the world.
1: Yeah, and the Crunch are doing good things. You know, with the Movember thing that they're a part of and this uh, this cancer night, you know.
2: Yeah, Syracuse Crunch, Hockey Fights Cancer Night. Upstate Cancer Center benefits once again, Saturday, November 16th, when they play the Cleveland Monsters. You could check their website for more information or maybe some tickets if you want to get involved in that. It's it's a fantastic cause. We always like to cover that human aspect and that human side of sports because at the end of the day, sports is a distraction from some of the stresses of life. There's all sorts of stuff going on, though. Like uh, the WWE, which you don't hear talked about that often on Sports Talk Radio, but we thought we'd bring that into the Sports Show, which directs my attention over to the glue guy. I'll get you set up. I'll get you a little theme music in the background. This isn't your entrance theme, but fascinating find on Twitter. And if you didn't think the WWE was big, it is. Bigger than it's ever been.
3: Here you go. So on Twitter... This guy shared that he was playing softball against a group of guys dressed as WWE wrestlers. Every single guy on the team... This is sort of a Halloween thing? I guess, yeah.
2: All, oh, okay. all nine players on the team dressed as WWE
3: characters, correct? Correct. In, so, in costume, full makeup. Full costume, everything. makeup, masks, the whole nine. we so even who, had intro music, kind of like Stone Cold's music here. So the guy,
2: like a, a player would go up to bat, and they would play whatever corresponding wrestler's Correct. Their entrance. entrance music. The walk-up music. Okay, this is fantastic. Can Do you have like the starting lineup or at least portions of it? So
3: uh, Kane was at second base. We had uh, Mankind, who was also known as Mick Foley at third. Bret Hart at shortstop. And Rowdy, Rowdy Piper uh, pitching. Uh, you got Stone Cold in right field. You got Macho Man, who eventually took over in right field. Oh, yeah! I uh, couldn't resist. I had to do hysteria. it, too. You got some... You got Kane uh, being a catcher as well. And you also have uh, Hollywood Hulk Hogan uh, taking place at bat there. Uh, Did you say Randy see.
2: Orton played too? Randy Orton played, yep. Or a dude dressed as the Viper. Correct. See, I knew his Nick. Yeah. This is fantastic. I'm proud of you. Could you imagine you go over to the park and you're going to go play a softball game? Or the, you see softball. I've, a lot of guys play softball during spring and summer. You know, you have a beer afterwards. It's just a fun thing to do, it's the slow pitch. I mean,. You know, it's for fun to get out there to talk some smack with the fellas, and you show up, and your opposing team. I mean, you got to get usually you, you got to get your favorite bar to sponsor your team and things like that. in these bar leagues, but you imagine going and it's all WWE characters. You know what somebody should have done is they
1: should have been Hacksaw Jim Duggan walk up with the American flag and then the bat, two by four bat with a two by four. I. That would be awesome. Would you be concerned? So they also
3: had Sting out there, who would always carry around a baseball bat. Yeah. So did he? So he he pointed at the pitcher when uh, he went up to bat. Did he get a hit? I don't know. We
2: got to we got to watch the video again. <laughs> this is in the the SportsZilla Twitter timeline. If it's a whole
3: thread of costumes and whatnot.
2: If you're a WWE fan at ESPN SportZilla. could you? I would be concerned. I'm like, wait a minute. Are these guys good enough that they can dress up as WWE characters? And are we going to lose badly here? Or are these guys a bunch of clowns that
3: are just having fun and we're going to demolish them? You don't know what you're getting into because that's not something you see every day. So if you're running around the bases and if you get hit with a clothesline, is that all fair game? Yeah. I mean, is, is wrestling incorporated into this softball game? There's a lot of questions to be asked about
2: And if about Rowdy
1: this. Roddy Piper slides into second wearing that kilt, I don't know if I want to be the second baseman. You're, you're not to apply the tag. You
3: realize that... Well, I don't know if I'd want to be the one sliding either. Well, <laughs> well yeah, I, I
2: know. But, like, you, you might see a little more than you'd want to see. Real men just wear the kilt. That's the thing. That's fantastic. Yeah, but they're normally
1: vertical as opposed to horizontal. Well, you, you know, make it, like, when they're sliding in there and everything, you know, it's for God and everybody to see.
2: Well, speaking of bats, baseball, D.D. Gregorius declined the... Uh, was declined to the qualifying offer. The Yankees are not giving him that. It's like $17 million in change. I think it's $17.8 million. They actually did not extend a, quali- a qualifying offer to any of their potential free agents. Like, Dylan Batonsis is another one, but he, I think he pitched, what, two innings all year? So he's not going out on the free agent market, and get, he's got to prove that he's healthy. That's where sometimes you luck out and you get those guys back on that one year, prove yourself type of deal, and they can re-enter free agency still relatively young. That he can get a pretty decent and lucrative contract. Didi Gregorius, of course, with the Tommy John surgery, and then he just wasn't wasn't the Didi Gregorius of the past four or five years, who performed really well, had a little bit of pop from the left side and did a great job defensively and transitioned the Yankees from the Derek Jeter era to where they are now. But it was definitely a down year for him, and he's in a similar situation. I don't think anybody's going to pay him big money long term at this point. It might actually benefit the Yankees. They might get him back on a little bit better deal because they don't spend money like the old Yankees. These are not George Steinbrenner's Yankees anymore. This is his kids' Yankees. They're a little bit more financially... I guess restrained is the right word. Smart? Yeah, a little bit. Isn't that
1: a trend we see across the league, though? Moneyball. I mean,
2: look how long it took for Bryce Harper to find a place to land. Well, and they're going hardcore. They're interviewing college pitching coaches right now since they fired Larry Rothschild. They're going hardcore on analytics now, more so than ever. And they're notorious for having probably spent the most money in Major League Baseball, In using analytics, they've really transformed the way Brian Cashman has the way that they acquire and basically choose the players they want to add to that roster. The Astros obviously have succeeded with that method. The Yankees are going there too. This is the SportsZilla Show on ESPN Radio 97.7 and 100.1. We'll be back with perhaps, um, somebody retiring you may have heard of.
1: It's the Sportszilla show on ESPN radio 97.7 and 100.1. Here's rain and scoop. It's the verdict Ford and verdict Toyota basketball pregame tomorrow with Seth Everett and Danny Chase getting you ready for the season opener versus defending national champs Virginia. By the way, tonight at the dome, the SU hoops women are back hosting the Ohio University Bobcats. Quentin Hilsman has won 12 straight season openers. Looks to improve to 18-2 and two, uh, with the Orange uh, in openers since the 99-20 season. The Orange women ranked 21st in the AP poll and 17th in the
2: USA Today poll. He has really turned that into a, a solid program. Coach Q has been getting it done for a while now. So um, do you realize the sports pope is sort of retiring again? Not exactly retiring, but sort of retiring again. Do you know what that is? Uh, did he call himself the pope? Mike Francesa, whatever, sissy, whatever. That's what they call him. They call him the sports pope. He is going to be leaving afternoon drive on WFAN's airwaves, moving to a different digital presence. Um, we don't need to dig into the details on this, but he will be releasing more details very shortly. It's interesting, though.
1: He gets beat by Michael K. and
2: uh, he gives up the whole thing. Huh? They've been battling each other. Well, he basically. Remember when Jay Lenoed Conan for the Tonight Show? It didn't last long. It was like less than a year, and then he came back. That's kind of what Francesa did. He left, then all of a sudden just decided oh, I'm going to come back. And now he's out again. He's just going to get out of there. He he launched this app and he was charging like eight ninety nine for all of his content. It didn't do well at all. It just basically failed miserably. I mean, he's the guy that, remember when he fell asleep on the air? He, he was taking a call and he fell asleep on the air He nodded off with his Diet Coke. <laughs> that actually happened. And he's been battling Michael K, who the show is simulcast on the Yes Network and the rival across town, the ESPN affiliate, and slowly. But surely Michael K has, they, they've beaten him by a, a point and a half in ratings, which it, it's a big deal. I don't know how, how, who out there really cares about that type of thing, but it's a big deal. And especially in a market the size of New York. So as you said, yeah. Well, Francis is usually kind of nasty to people on the phone, and everybody's an idiot except him. And... Well, he bloviates the, this is the world according to me, and I predict this, and I predict that, and everything I say is the gospel. That's why he gets called the sports pope. I mean, does that t- guy have any friends acting that way? I mean... Well, he dismisses callers. He never comes back on and corrects the record and admits when he's wrong. But he... I suppose we all do that from time to time, or maybe you forget something that you said, or you've got a lot of content... But he does it. It's it's so egregious. Let me just say this. If I ever say I'm favoring a football team... Uh, And any given weekend,
1: bet the other team, okay? Bet the other team.
2: Yeah, I I don't know what the hell I'm talking about. I'm the last person who you want to take their word for. Do not bet what I say. It's the same thing. You don't
1: lose any money because I thought somebody was going to win. Like I thought the Orange were going to beat
2: Boston College by 10 points. I did too. I thought that was a winnable game for them. I think a lot of people thought that was a winnable game. Clearly we were wrong. That was not a winnable game for them. But, yeah, the sports pope, Mike Francesa, he's the worst at that. He's rude, and everybody points something out to him. He's even ruder. I'm always right. I'm never wrong. I never say I'm wrong. I never apologize. Everybody's always wrong. We're always all wrong. It's speculation. It's why you play the games. But, yeah, that's some breaking news as far as he's concerned. The headline would make you think that he's he's done. He's just, like, moving to Florida and going to go live on a beach. That's not exactly what's happening. But it is big news for him to exit afternoon drive in New York City. I like Michael Kay and what he's doing on that show. Anyways. Until he wants to
1: come back and they can make a big splash about him
2: returning again. and the, Which will happen around baseball season, yeah, probably. probably. I was about to say the glue guy predicted that to me about an hour ago. He's like, yeah, he'll be back at baseball season. The SportsZilla Show on ESPN Radio 97.7 and 100.1. See you tomorrow at 3.